0: How's it going everybody i'm excited episode oh yeah he's excited uh episode 98 98 this is pretty good i want to say i want to pat myself on the back 98 well i'll pat you on the back too this is this is huge man and, uh, you, absolutely
1: we've we done get, this almost a hundred times we're two away and for about the last three years I, we've been trying to get our guest in here because uh, this is a big one Absolutely. This is a um, good one. My friend Chris Keogh, um he works with Goldman Sachs and uh he's also one of my my biggest collector and dear friend and uh now, you know, Mushbuka, a yeah, member of the family. And he's got one
0: him. of the most badass art collections. And, Absolutely. And just like furniture and just Absolutely. everything. It's like, well, including yeah. including
1: your newest acquisition, the Yulia Kuznetsova piece. That's right. Oh, yeah. Wow. Just so,
2: astonishing. Oh my God. S- seriously, off the charts. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that, that piece is like, I've had. We were there the other night and we stared at it. Everybody for stares 10 at it. Minutes.
1: Yeah. It's, it's just, I mean,
2: everybody gets lost in this piece. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. Unreal. Yeah.
1: Your yeah. jaw just fucking drops, man. Yeah, it really like, does. Yeah. This girl's going to be a master. You know, I think she I is. She is. <laughs> yeah. yeah,
0: probably. Yeah, no, she's there. But it's already yeah. happened.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: Dude. well, it's time for the world to shine a light on it.
2: Dude. Yeah. Well, I'm saying yeah. yeah. um, She's I incredible. Agree, and, then I, and then, you know, I, I've got this uh, this piece from Danny Torres that yeah. I also love that I think is just yeah. absolutely absolutely amazing. By, by the way, great. Yulia and Danny, I don't meet if I don't know you. And, and a lot of people mm-hmm. won't know this, but, um, you know, I never get to have this incredible relationship um with your family if it's if it's not for Michelle right i mean that, yeah, that, that, exactly. that is, that's yeah. one of the funnier stories around yeah right. she's human connecting Rob. she'll
0: be yeah. on the podcast sooner or later but she's like the unsung hero of well, the whole damn family she might be she
1: might be, uh, she might be... She might be number hundred,
2: you know.
0: Well, I was gonna say Maybe like that's, you, that's our best. Well, bet. she wants. I think, I think you
1: have
2: to decide who's in the initial one hundred. <laughs> yeah, you know, if yeah. I had slipped to one or one or one or two, it was gonna feel very different to me. <laughs> you know, so I honestly, I think, think you it only would got felt, a couple more shots here.
0: D- It would have felt different for us, to be honest, man. We really, we, you were an important name for this for this road to one hundred yeah. here, man. I think I think we Appreciate invited it. you like totally.
1: four or five times, and you, I know with your with your job. With, uh, particularly with, with the way the economy's been topsy-turvy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mean, you guys have been nailed to the wall in, uh, in yeah, your man. business. It's like, and you're kind of a higher up at Goldman Sachs, correct?
2: Well, I've been there for 22 years, so I, and I've done a lot of different things. I've always been in, um, in businesses where we're, where we're um, facing off and serving um, clients. And so after 22 years um you know you get to this place I'm 49 now where um child well, yeah well maybe a <laughs> older but, you. but 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 <laughs> like, <laughs> but when you when you've been you know this game's particularly intense and I've had I've had a blast you know I've I've had a chance to travel the world with the company I went to started here in Chicago I went to London Beijing Tokyo I've worked in a, as I said a lot of different businesses and you know for me my mind is always um, insatiably curious and wandering. And so it's, it's, it's been a great line of business, um, and a great place to have a career because I've, I've had all these incredible opportunities. I I genuinely love what I do. I realize Mm -hmm. that wall street isn't for everybody. And I also, am well aware of, um, public perceptions around, around Goldman and, and and um, our competitors and and, and what we do.
1: And run any big finance company. Yeah, sure. Any any big company that handles hedge funds and things like that. Yeah, sure. So the delicious irony of this is that this stone capitalist who, who works for Goldman Sachs is friends with the biggest democratic socialist Pinko in Chicago. <laughs> you know, like, and I mean I think I, I think the thing that that absolutely connected us is both of our affection for art, you know, and, and yeah. uh mm-hmm. you know, making it, looking at it. I mean, I, I, I can't recall a conversation with you where it didn't at least wind up uh being about what we were seeing, what what excited us, mm-hmm. what um totally. and it, your collection reflects that. It's it's like you don't collect any one kind of thing it's completely eclectic yeah. and it's absolutely the fingerprint of a insatiably curious mind, a seeker you know um when i when i the first time I was ever in your apartment and saw all the different kind of art that you have, I thought, wow, I said I'm really fortunate to fit into this collection somewhere you know and um uh i i just uh
2: I've I've learned a lot about how to see from you. You know, so um, I'm grateful versa. for that. Vice versa. And extremely grateful. I, I mean, listen, I think um, you know, we're all still the the great thing about art, it's 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 like um and I feel this way uh about the stuff that's I'm fortunate to have on my walls, but I, I feel this way especially about music. Um it's this incredible journey and I don't know how anybody doesn't fall down some sort of rabbit hole around uh, people and having big relationships with those people who uh, are just absolutely up to their eyeballs in the creative process all the time. It's not me, I, I I don't have that move, but I am so inspired by you and other people who have made this their lives. Um, mission, work, again, curiosity to kind of ferret that out. Um, and I think you're right. I mean, a beautiful part of our relationship has been not just around your work, which I obviously think, you know, I'm over the moon about. Uh, but I also think about going to Midnight Oil yeah, at the exactly. Vic Theater a couple of years ago. And, seeing Peter, and
1: Garrett, uh, seeing Peter Garrett return after 17 years in Parliament, yeah, and he hasn't lost a move. No. And uh, you know what? There's, there's. You I, and I walked out of that show so I know, jazzed. I know, I know, like walked out of there on clouds. Yeah. Um, I feel the same way when I see guys like Joe Pug and and Ike Riley. And uh, I just did Ike Riley's new album cover. And cool. It, it's it's an exquisite record. I, I feel so honored that I was able to do it. That's how guys like me who are decidedly not have any musical talent at all. Um, that's how I got to be in the rock and roll business. Yeah, man. I just did album covers, and
2: but I think, I think it know, you, still
1: excites me to see you know new wax with my work. On well, it, I I, I, de- I
2: definitely think again there, there's um, there's been a long history, whether people like it or not, of this idea of capitalism, and we should talk about that. Mm-hmm. And what people think is right, not right, what works, what doesn't work about that. But there's always been a long history of of people who work within the capital markets and support of the arts. Absolutely. And Absolutely. I, I I'd be sunk
1: without them. You yeah. know, um, you know, I, I, I my only uh, my only quibble w- with capitalism is when it becomes uh, inequitable for a large percentage of our population. When it when, for it, sure, it, you know,
2: um, and, and, and we're kind of there.
1: You know? Yeah, and I, I uh, you know, I had somebody get really mad at me w- when I identified as a uh, Democratic Socialist. And he goes, oh, yeah, but you fly business class. It's like, yeah, I like being the most radical motherfucker in business class. <laughs> but, but but, to put a better point on it, I said to him, I said, do you collect Social Security? He goes, yeah, I paid into it my whole life. I said, okay, uh, what about Medicare, Medicaid? Yeah, yeah, I get that, yeah. W- what about the ACA? Yeah, you know, because of pre-existing conditions, I have to have the ACA. So you're a socialist. You're kind of just like me. Those are socialized programs. It's like all of a sudden um, the Trump people demonize that word even further. You know, people conflate it with the idea of communism, and two things could not be more different. Hmm. Um, So I— I mean, this is something that uh, is a continuing
2: be in my bonnet, you know? Yeah, um, well, I think, I think, I think what's going to happen in our lifetime, maybe this is more my hope than, um, than anything else, but the, the framing comment I would make is regardless of the system, mm-hmm. monarchy, socialism, communism, capitalist democracies, our republic, ultimately, at the end of the day, a society only. Lives on, if the distribution of wealth has some level of equity to it; otherwise, there's always populist pitchforks. And and it and it That's just, an
1: it, odd statement for a guy who's a Goldman Sachs yeah. no, guy. No, no. I, I, mean, I,
2: I, I hear you, and I, you know, I have this this conversation with my children all the time. I I believe that there has to be more equity around the distribution um, of wealth. No question. Then the question becomes for people, do you do you entrust that with a group of people, government or otherwise, or do you believe that individuals ultimately make smarter capital decisions on their own? Mm-hmm. And where I think this country's landed is there's always a check and balance. I think there's an acknowledgement that capitalism, or at least capitalism defined as individual capitalism, that you are able to spend, invest, save as you see fit is the most efficient because you have a feedback mechanism or loop that is very, very intense to you. Mm-hmm. If you're gonna put X amount of your capital to work, you really focus on it. You learn from mistakes, you learn from things that go wrong, you, re- you really, really care. Heretofore, any organization, whether it was the Catholic Church, Russia under communism. And, but by the way, you could also say this about super huge corporates that end up dying out and going away. They misallocate capital. Mm -hmm. They end up getting into these big power structures where the feedback loops aren't as powerful or as efficient. And so that's why you see big companies go out of business. It's why you see governments um, collapse. Collapse. Yeah. And, and so, I mean, I mean, and so there, there, there's always this kind of give and take. Now, the other thing is, is that if you allow individuals to run rampant, and this is exactly what um, a lot of libertarians would say, um, then increasingly more and more people get left behind because right. because people are, you know, act on their own individual um, selfish merits. And right. so th- the idea is, is, at least in my beautiful model of the world, is that, you get this, this really natural give and take between individualism and government. I think that's always existed in this country. Mm-hmm. I think this goes back to the Federalist Papers. Um, yeah. This goes back to states' rights versus right. federalism as well. And so I, I think there's always this kind of tangle. I think it's out of whack right now. I actually, in, 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 you know, I'm not trying to pivot to another question, but if it's interesting, I also think is what ultimately financial services... Is is an area where individuals haven't felt that they've had enough power to make decisions for themselves. Yeah. I would argue that technology, including blockchain, crypto, right. mm-hmm. things on your mobile phone, et cetera, I would I would I would argue that those are rapidly going away because of technology. And I would argue that if we were able to marry that the, you know, those forces which are making financial services more frictionless along with an educational push at the high school level for financial literacy. Like, oh God, my, 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 my kids, I, I, I wish
1: somebody would have taught me. That's oh, look, huge. Look,
2: look, my, my, my kids, listen, I love my children, but like, no, nobody's dying to do calculus. But they, but they should understand the time value of money. Mm-hmm. They should understand option theory. They should understand how a mortgage works.
3: They should know how to pay their taxes. They, they should know, know how, how to, to apply, apply for a loan.
2: Yeah, right. all it, that is like base, almost like basic civics that have all just been erased. So in. what? So what I would say is, you know, in my life in financial services, and this this might upset some of my colleagues, but you know, the, the moats that existed in financial services yeah. that are going away were um, information and knowledge. Some people understood how the system worked. A lot of people didn't not because they weren't smart enough to know how the system worked. They just weren't curious enough to know like, well, how does it work?
3: Right. Um, even though the numbers were published in the newspaper every single yeah, day, no, they were, by the way, up. You, you,
2: you can't blame the industry that the industry does publish numbers yeah. every day. There is an enormous amount of regulation against the industry such that, you know, if you want to read all the fine print or others, sure. as annoying as that is, no. I, but, but like there was always, there were two things. There was, um, that, that allowed financial services to have like these huge moats. One was information and knowledge. Right. And the other one was just, you know, access to financial capital. Right. And in my lifetime, both of those things have, both of those moats have, have eroded massively. Uh-huh. The internet um, for everyone who's an individual who wants to be knowledgeable to institutions that, that allocate huge amounts of capital, they can enter data rooms, mm-hmm. um, be permissioned into data rooms and, um, and no longer do banks just kind of traffic and being able to share that data, via, you know, around. And and financial capital. I mean, we saw this after the credit crisis when banks stopped lending. Is you got these huge kind of like online lending organizations. Mm-hmm. Um, you look at SoFi as an example. It's completely no, changed no, the student. Is, what it, is SoFi? SoFi is a company, West Coast fintech company that's completely changed the um, student loan business. Yeah. And so I think, and so you've, you've had these new entrants because of this. Mm -hmm. Anyway, those, those frictions across information and knowledge and access to capital, those frictions are getting eradicated away. There's like real lubrication in the system because of technology now, and that, that will only become more so, but it also speaks to, um, you know, financial services will start to look more and more like a utility potentially. Um, but it also means that individuals, especially, have to take more and more ownership around their knowledge around how to consume financial services.
3: Well, and if they could pay the same kind of tax rates, I mean, right? What you know, what was it? Clinton deregulated the the banks in mm-hmm. in the '90s, right? Which allowed for a lot of money to be made that wasn't taxed like other income. Yeah, for sure. And you know, I love somebody like you who's you know that's legal. That's that that's the game, and you played the game as best you can, and you're giving back in all kinds of great ways, supporting artists, <laughs> doing these kinds of
1: things. But <clears throat> not only artists, uh, musicians, uh,
2: <clears throat> intonation. Yeah, I mean, right.
1: Um, but but I, are, do you think
3: there are enough of you out there? <clears throat>
2: well, look, I'm not really here to comment on what people decide to do with their um, their time, their talent or their treasure. Yeah. Um, I think that's up to everybody. I, I you know, I had, I had great parents. Um, you know, I, I genuinely feel as corny as it sounds to whom much is given, much <laughs> is expected. Yeah. And so I feel like a lot's expected of me. Yeah. I, I mean, I've had a, I've had a monster run at the risk of sounding arrogant. <laughs> no, I no, I don't, I don't mean to. I mean, no, like, that, a lot facts of, a lot, facts lot, a lot are, of, no it's a, obvious, well, a lot know. of, a lot of it was luck. Yeah. But like, you know, to me, my curiosity, um, you know, not just in the arts, but in otherwise is, 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 but I would say this about what I do in my day to day life of business. I, I'm infinitely curious and interested in human beings. Yeah. Uh, I and I realize that a lot of people aren't this way. Um, you know, I get really bored with myself when I'm alone. Like I love being around other people. Like I just, I find it again, infinitely interesting, but, if you're only hanging out with one set of people.
0: Right. You know, that, you, that, that you don't gets you. Pretty... Su- you don't want to yeah. surround yourself with yourself. No, you know? no. Yeah. exactly. So I. I is I've, that why I... you have so much art around your place? Is it, is it to feel, you know, less 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 lonely at times when you're you just like you have. Well, because it, it really feels like the walls speak to you and communicate yeah. to you in a sense, not yeah, to sound I, like some no, 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 stoner, I've... but I... yeah, you know. <laughs> That's actually a very good way of saying it. I know, I've, 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 i is. I've been.
2: <clears throat> It's a great question. I really appreciate it, Max. There's of course. the, you know, much like um, the Fitzpatrick home. Yeah. It, it starts to take on this aspect of where it feels like the Barnes Museum or the original Barnes Museum yeah. outside of Philadelphia. Where, like where where, there
1: was, I was. I know. I actually went there.
2: Yeah. Um, and there was no, there's no room on any wall anymore. I, I, um, you know, I, it, it's, it's in line with what, what you would expect, which is the art. um Helps me think through myriad myriad things and brings me an immense amount of joy. I would also say I have, um, as you guys know, because you've been over at my house a gazillion times, I have I have loads of pictures of my kids. Yeah, and, absolutely, there's a, and that, there's a wall. There's a gigantic
1: yeah.
2: <laughs> wall. And and that oh, yeah. and that's you know you I have think paintings that, of your kids. You yeah. Have... Well, that's a function. I mean, again, as narcissistic as it sounds, it was more of a function of I came out of a divorce and I, you know, I have a I have a great relationship. Um, with their mother, but, but I also, um, you know, I have them for a week and then I don't have them for a week. And so I think in some ways you put on, I guess what I'm trying to say is you put on your walls, the things that you like to look at because they bring you some level of, um, of satisfaction, peace, understanding, and, yeah. and, the things and that, joy.
1: And the things yeah. that chart yeah. your journey.
2: Yeah. And sometimes, yeah. It, you know, going back to Yulia's piece, sometimes it's stuff that you actually need to think about that you otherwise Absolutely. weren't thinking about.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean that
2: Yulia right. piece. Well, again, everybody who's looked at it, it's fallen down a rabbit hole. It's like it's like it's like it's like giving a six year old a kaleidoscope. Yeah. They're like, I,
1: I looked at it and I thought I thought this this is kind of uh y- you know a window into where she comes from in the world, right? You know, I mean, this is uh, all of the demonology of. Uh, growing up in moscow is present in that piece 100 and and uh you know i mean i yulia worked with me for five years yeah. and just watching her uh progress at this alarming lightning like yeah. speed uh was just a thing to behold <laughs> you know it- i i told okay. her once i said you know it's a little humbling when your assistant has 10 times more talent than you
2: do. You well, know? I, I don't but know about that. I think you guys that. are it's I, I, really sweet, sweet, sweet to say that. But I think I think you guys are talented, you know, in so many ways, similar and different. I learned I learned way more from her <laughs> than she did from me. Well, let me tell you this. Th- this piece that we're talking about, we should probably just try to find a way to throw up a picture of it or something at some point for people. You know what, we listening. should. We should find a way. But, to. Uh, but, I'll, yeah. I'll send a copy to Max. But, so. uh, we'll get it done. But, I mean, again, it'll speak to people in in different ways, as it should. But it's an interesting piece for this point in time, because you're right. You're talking about an immigrant's experience that came to this country from Moscow. With With, 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 authoritarianism. Yeah, exactly. With her lens. Mm -hmm. So her Mm -hmm. lens is... Being a a woman in that... Yeah. In that... uh, (laughs)
1: But the, but the the piece speaks to the... The piece speaks. Huey's chiming Huey in. Agrees. Well, I mean, <laughs> Huey clearly agrees. Huey's a big fan of you. Lea. Huey used to come to my
2: studio every day, <laughs> lay at her feet, and just stare at her. Yeah. So he Huey! Prob- he probably thinks that she's coming through the door. Huey, shut up. No- nonetheless, though, I think her, her, her view is, at least what I see in this art, is you've got this... Um, you've got this person who comes to the stage, and she's very cognizant of the narratives that we've all been told. Oh, and, absolutely. And, yeah. absolutely. And, and, and the narratives as everyone wears them. Yeah. Cause there's different characters in this piece and there are, some you know, are wearing you know them she's... on their skin and some are wearing them on their uniform and some are translucent through their bodies and the narratives are, are, are transparent, you know, translucently behind them. I mean, but it is, there, again, the, speak, the piece should speak differently to everybody, but to me, it it's, speaks to the, I've come here from another place where I understand what oppression is, yeah. but I also understand the power of narrative storytelling and what's been put forward and how that controls people. It's wild. It's
1: a powerful piece against
2: power. Yeah. And uh,
1: I, I got to tell you, when I saw it in, in the flesh, I, I'd seen it electronically reproduced. When I saw it uh, in person, it just knocked me over. It's just like
2: Yeah, wow. But again, I, 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 you go back to this idea of these, so Chris, how did, how did you, um, you know, how do you make this life of yours outside of work? Well, I know Michelle, um, you know, Max's mom, Tony's wife, um, Chris's friend from um, wanting to buy a couple of pieces of furniture. We have a massive row. Massive fight, like <laughs> right. huge. Like, and, and by the way,
1: oh no! When Chris uh, Keogh uh, gets pissed off, man, it's like you know, yeah. get out of the room. You so know? I,
2: I, I, I snap, and uh, it's not, it's not attractive. And and by the way, you know, it, the 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 punishment well, well outlasted that you know whatever slight or crime could have been committed by Michelle. But anyway, she left me. Um. Your book from the DePaul exhibit, um, and again, you know, overused term. That was by a good. That was a good book. Oh, it was incredible. But but that started all of this. You know, it's the relationships around this table, which are immense and very, very yeah. important to and me. And by but the then way, it the extends book. into these other artists and these other things. Right. Yeah. Blah, 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 blah. I remember our,
0: I remember our introduction. Uh, I was I was working Adventureland. You had just met, uh, you know, met up with, uh, you know, Tony for the first time. You guys are talking and uh, clearly by the time you guys are getting out and you're leaving you guys have been hitting it off. And, yeah, uh, you know, I mean, he goes, oh, come meet my son. You know, he works the gallery kind of thing. You know, and uh he comes down. It wasn't that Italian, but, you know. It was a little bit that Italian. But it was kind of yeah. like that, you know. And uh I got my, uh, I, got my I got my, I got my kombucha yeah. right here. My, my, and, my, and uh, my son's
1: over by there up front. And,
0: and, and, and Chris sees my kombucha and he goes, whose is that? And I go. I don't know, you know, what what does it mean? I I don't know. I kind of remember it as
2: Tony, like, waving me into Adventureland the way that... De Niro waves Karen into the store. He's Hey, just go in. Yeah. Go in. There's some beautiful you guys, dresses in. in there. You, like, it, I, I had no idea if I was going to see some great art yeah. or get whacked. My, my, da- my dad was like, my was
0: like, oh, yeah, he, he drinks this kombucha shit. It tastes like ass. I yeah, swear exactly. to God. And then <laughs> You guys are both flaming my kombucha and uh, you guys even hit it well, off even a, more. There was shit floating uh, in it. Man. Yeah, so yeah. There was stuff floating <laughs> in it. It's pretty good. We
1: don't know that it's not a little of this and a little of that. I had to kick,
0: well, well, that's how I quit kombucha. Uh, no, no, um, no. I, I just got over it. Naturally. How do you know but that stuff I, floating in there just, isn't like
1: boogers or something? I mean, I don't you know, really. Yeah, I don't. It's just
0: it's pleasant. It makes you feel pleasant.
2: I think we've definitely gotten to a place now where, you know, where where water is more expensive. Yeah, than yeah. Oil. It is. It's gonna wow. be. It's gonna be a currency it's someday. Gonna, yeah. So speaking about currency, you guys want to talk about crypto? You said Yeah. You know bit, what?
1: Yeah. I, I'll tell you why. Because. 2 years or uh, 3 years ago when we were in, in in Paris shooting patriot max kept telling me we got to get bitcoin we got to get <laughs> you know and and then when he tried to explain what it was to me and when I tried to read about it on the internet it seems like it's merely invisible money and i i can't i i'm a i'm a simple creature i need thing tangible to be yeah. in front of me you know i mean whenever i have a few extra bucks I buy a work of art. Yeah, you know, that's mm. that's my jam, um, which can be a good investment.
0: Yeah, I make the investment. I, I never yeah.
1: mind. I would never sell one of these. You know, I mean, True.
3: just that guy. You know. But every time I come over, I say, Max, I need you to move your inheritance out of the way. Right. You know.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <Exactly. Yeah. laughs> right. Well, I mean, I think. I think by I
3: think... the
1: way, by the way, you're gonna do. Pretty well,
3: kid. Well, <laughs> well, well, you're you're, you're well, going do, to well. <laughs> <You're
2: gonna laughs> do very, very well. You're going to do very well.
1: Buying art
3: is an investment. Yeah, it is. Yeah. So it, it is. is it so is. So, so
2: the, way to of, the way to think about, um, well, let me say this. Uh, you know, I'm going to speak of, of uh, as with all things on this podcast, I'm going to speak of my own views, ideas, half-baked theories, so they're not representative of, of, of my company. Uh, In about, any way, shape, or form. About
1: before. cryptocurrency. About
2: crypto, about anything I talk about, about financial yeah. markets. I, I don't, I don't anything,
1: understand cryptocurrency. The, the anything
2: man. that I talk about, about financial markets, is going to be my views alone. But, but to go from this kind of idea of like, you like to buy art and have it on your walls, because that is not only things that you love and are important to you and connect you with other people, but inherently, you, you also see it as a store of value. That's an important segue into currencies for a second. Okay. Currencies forever, again, in my opinion, really do two things. One is that they're a store of value. You feel that there is some sort of um, safety associated with owning the dollar or the euro or the yen or, or any particular currency. You have your own view on what's more stable. Or, but that, that you, wouldn't just, you wouldn't just buy any currency um, unless you thought that that had some sort of level of safety and soundness. And then the other reason for any currency is it, it helps facilitate exchange of goods and services. So mm-hmm. if you go back to presumably old days of barter, you know, I made sweaters and you grew corn. And and so that, that, but I do a lot of barter. Yeah, you do do a lot of barter, yeah. but, but, but you're, but you're an exception, <clears throat> not the rule. And currencies, um, you know, going back to Roman times uh, existed and were expanded aggressively simply, simply for that was to underscore the, the you know to facilitate bartering on a whole new level and accelerate the trading of goods and services, I,
3: improving lives and improving r- lives, r- raising society up. Yeah. So
2: then, you, so then you get to crypto and you say, okay, um, if it is indeed a currency, any of these currencies, you know, you know Ethereum, Bitcoin, you know, na- name whichever one you want. Does I don't have a strong <laughs> view on. Which one's better than the other or stable coins versus non-stable coins? I'm I'm not smart enough to know that. So, you know, my answers will be more theoretical. Then you get down to this idea of, okay, does it satisfy the two tests that I just said? Is it a store of value and does it help with the exchanging of goods and services? Well, the second is obviously yes. I mean, people are, are using it. Now, people originally were using it because it was undetectable, and, and it certainly helped facilitate for drugs. That, yeah, for illicit activities,
3: dark web,
2: dark web, stuff. and all Silk that, Road. and all that stuff, Silk yeah. Road. Yeah, exactly. But that still means it fulfills that test. Yeah, right. I mean, oh, it, yeah, it, sure. it, it did. It did facilitate the trading of goods and services. Right. Okay, but the, let's go back to the first test, which is: Is it a store of value? Now, there are a lot of different ways to say it's a store of value. Some of these coins are. Um, Pegged to the dollar, and so in effect, you're saying I feel that that currency is as strong as the dollar because there's a there's a, a pegged exchange rate between the currency. The, the okay, how and do they, you determine that though? I well, don't, no, they, I don't... They, they 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 the the creator of the currency makes the claim. Not unlike the Hong Kong dollar, like the Hong Kong government fixes the ratio of Hong Kong dollars to the U.S. dollar, such that if you are pegged to the U.S. dollar. In effect, you're saying my currency has a store of value that's akin to the store of value around the U.S. dollar. Now, I've got a lot of thoughts about this, and you're just going to have to bear with me as I go down this, this, talk, this talk rabbit slow, hole. Talk slowly. I'm a simple creature. You're not a simple man, but I will talk slowly. <laughs> so so then, then you ask, and then there's other ways to say there, that cryptocurrencies are a store of value, which would be some sort of scarcity value. So Bitcoin, there's only so many coins that they're going to actually allow to be mind. Right. So there's different ways to try to say that there's um there's there's value in in, in a cryptocurrency. But historically as human beings, the, the the real store of value or the real belief in the fiat of a currency was do I trust the safety and soundness of the government behind that currency? Inclusive of not only the decisions that they make to run their economy, their central banking system, etc. But also, quite frankly, will their military come and kick my ass and will they back up the currency with the full, you know, with the full faith and credit, not only of the government, but inclusive of of the of the um, if you will, the you know, the hard force of 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 the military. Right. And so for me, being I'm old school. I see everything that's going on around crypto to prove a couple of things, uh, but it, that it doesn't necessarily mean that um, governments and their currencies are going away. Right. I think it, prove, it proves back, proves a couple of things. It proves what I was saying earlier, which is that there have been frictions in being able to transact and trade, and crypto and trading environments where goods and services are settled in cryptocurrencies has created a, an extremely efficient gray market, and so um, that just speaks to the volume of how, the, how so. Wh- wh- what do you mean, uh, gray market? Uh, okay. The gray market would be anything that's that's not really seen that people can trade mm-hmm. goods and services. Okay. Um, and so I, I think when you start to when you start to look at that, it's in every government's interest because governments are interested not only, hopefully, in supporting their people, their, their their citizens, but they're also interested in staying in power. These cryptocurrencies are, are freaking people out, right? I mean, our government is saying that it's going to take a look at it and start to think about how to regulate it. I, for one, think that's that's absolutely the right thing to do. The Chinese government is Wait a trying. Minute,
1: it's, it's unregulated. Uh,
3: Cryptocurrencies yeah. are anybody can make Completely unregulated. Yeah. yeah.
2: I mean, it is the wild, wild it's
3: west. It's like the, the Shiba
0: way, Coin and the Dodge yeah, Coin. Um,
3: so, so when he was talking about a government backing up a currency, there's no government backing up Bitcoin. Wow. There's no,
1: there's no military.
2: There's so nothing. This, this backing is not that up.
1: something that comes out of the U.S. Treasury. Or... No. No. It has no. nothing to do
2: with it. Yeah. Wow. Which. Which. Again, everybody can be an adult, make their own decisions, but I think it's, you know, people should understand that, 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 you know, this is not, you know, none of this activity is, you know, is, is backed by the full faith and credit of the U.S. government. It's not regulated by any of our institutions that do regulation from consumer protection to Mm -hmm. central banking to to any of it. And you see the Chinese government is clearly fearful because they're shutting all of it down and the miners are leaving China and they they don't want, they, they don't want this at all. Now, I think that, um, there's some other unbelievably positive things that will come of this behind, and this is, this is going to be a little bit esoteric and nerdy behind a lot of these cryptocurrencies is, is, um, what's called a common ledger or a common ledger technology that's broadly discussed as blockchain. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And. That as an infrastructure yeah, that, product. That's
1: one of the things I, I need examined and take, unpacked for me. What, well, um, what,
2: what um, is blockchain? So blockchain is, is this idea um, that, again, just me speaking from personal um, points of view, I think is, is um, hugely beneficial to society. It's this idea that there should be a common ledger that's extremely transparent where goods and services are booked so that everybody knows exactly what traded and for what. Mm -hmm. And it's done in a way that people can be permissioned into that specific blockchain. But let me just, let me give you two examples of why that might be interesting to you, Tony. Okay, so one would be um, the provenance of your art. Um, Up until now, by the way, Christie's and Sotheby's and these other auction houses are huge blockchain Supporters. That, yeah, because that's they, one of the
1: things that makes me infinitely suspect. Of okay, them. no, 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 no. <laughs> you, you,
2: you shouldn't be. It, do, it doesn't mean that they take some sort of ownership or um, well, you know collect I've, an extra you level. You know how many guys
1: have had come running at me, trying to get me
2: to do an NFT. Okay, well that 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 I I know only a little about. But before we go into that, let me finish. But non fungible tokens are also really really interesting. Um, the blockchain for Sotheby's or Christie's or whatever would allow over time for the provenance of any of your art to be clearly understood and easy to understand and, and verify. Now, that's a very good thing. Now, the second example I would give you, and this is, again, a little bit of a nerdy financial services example, but all the exchanges that made Chicago great you knew a bunch of people who worked down at the board of oh, trade, yeah. or, or this or the other. In fact, you started there. Yeah, so I started there. You were one of those guys screaming and yelling yep. shit, right? Yep, and in an electric colored jacket, <laughs> and <laughs> I. But 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 that's it's, that's the American bullfight, man. It's the American bullfight, but they were brilliant places to learn a few things, yeah. including th- this kind of second theory that I'm going to share with you, which is, um, and again, this kind of gets back to the currency example of. Of facilitating the trading of goods and services, goods and services, exchanges did a couple things that were just brilliant. Um, they allowed for a agreed upon um, specific, um, you know, definition of of trade. So, if you wanted to sell me a bushel of corn the bushel of corn has to look like this. It has to, you know, be of this sort of grade. You Mm -hmm. have to be able to deliver it to me by a specific date, but it, it, it had definitional parameters. It has to walk. Yeah. It's a a a contract. It's It's a common contract. Then the other thing that exchanges did that was brilliant. Um, there were three things. So that was number one. Number two was the exchange stood between you and me, Tony. So if I traded with you, and you fell down, either you failed to deliver the money or you failed to deliver the corn, the exchange stood up and made the contract money good. And everyone pays a little fee into that, but that, that, get, that takes care of what, what's known as um, counterparty credit risk. Spill. Spill, yeah. thank you. Um, and then the third thing that exchanges did is they published their prices. Back to what you said, it happens right. in the newspaper every
0: day. Right. Every day, and so every, yeah. so
2: everybody would have an idea of like, well, you know, a bushel of corn actually now costs this, and here's why it costs this, and here's how many. I was con- always how many contracts by- traded because of this, but but there's value in that,
1: of course. Right. Yeah, right? I was always fascinated by the fluctuation in, <clears throat> in the stock market. You know, that yeah. that the things uh, that values of things were fungible. You yeah, know, and, uh, oh for sure, infinitely fungible. Yeah, for sure. W-
3: but what 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 I think was crazy was how computers changed that over the last thirty years. Well, yeah, like,
1: all of a sudden there wasn't a pet anymore. It was. It- Oh, guys well, on
3: their laptop yeah. well like so my, my father was a commodities trader oh wow yeah and you know they like he would look at you know uh uh you know um long time trends in wheat and like yeah. get these positions because there were these big waves yeah. and then once computers came in and the overnight markets it's just all these little teeny tiny so
2: so so back to it's all I'm... algorithms now well yeah this goes back to my in- initial thing which is um Technology did two things. It, it made information much more ubiquitous, yep. including machine learning to your point. And the much, more, much more up to the minute. And much more up to the minute, to the second, to the nanosecond. Yeah. Your best traders in the world now pay real money to be able to have better wires and access, such that the what they call latency between when they press a button and it gets exchanged on any exchange, traded on any exchange mm-hmm. is, you know, nanoseconds. Yeah. And, then, and they're measuring it in nanoseconds because they're, they're trying to... And they're
1: looking at the Tokyo markets,
2: the European a, markets. Oh, they're, they're looking it, at everything. Everything in the I world. I mean, again, yeah. again, as you can imagine, um, you know, that sounds kind of big and scary and manipulative, and I'm sure that there are people that do do that, but overwhelmingly so, what technology also brings to bear is an enormous amount of transparency. Yeah. And so our government, the SEC, can now go in and request information, it's all data. Mm-hmm. Um, and they can analyze that data and come up with an idea of whether you've been acting in accordance with the letter and the spirit of a law. So, mm-hmm. so it, it is this kind of fascinating thing.
1: There's a really great line from a movie. I don't remember the movie, but I remember the actor, John Malkovich, he said, you know, information is now
2: the hard currency of our culture. Okay, so now this gets into the non-fungible token stuff, Tony, which, which again, I don't pretend to understand. I, I imagine that you know, people who listen to this all are going to have all that also-
1: the, 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 the first big art one was done to, by a jagoff named Beeple. And <laughs> this stroke has, you know, could, not, could not get a show. Wait, how do you feel about this guy, Tony? <laughs> could not get a show in New York you know, for years. And the first NFT that, that you know scores $70 million, this hand job. Uh, yeah. as, you know. And then a week later, five different guys. I wanna do an NFT with you. I wanna sit down and have a serious conversation about NFTs and there's it's the same so-
2: voice that you introduced me to Max.
1: Exactly. <laughs> yeah. There's, no, there, there, he's got
0: split personality I got, I got a guy.
2: No. I, <laughs> no. He, hey he, listen here, my boy Max. <laughs> he's going to make an Max. NFT for you. <laughs> he used to do he, sweatshirts he and he t-shirts. Knows that. He knows he's he's like into the NF- hey, NFTs. My, my boy Max, he's into merchandising, he knows all about these NFTs. He's got
0: NFTs <laughs> out on, <laughs> on his ass. I mean, what what I'm confused about is what is what is what is the ideal NFT for 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 my dad, is it, is it a PDF file? Cause I don't, I don't like, I understand that, you know, people will buy anything, you know, including the, the top shot cards and, and the, the basketball cards and stuff like that. And what's the difference between, you know, getting your file deleted or whatever, or uh, between somebody throwing your, your baseball basketball, you know, your Pete Rose rookie card in the fire. Right. It's, yeah. I,
2: it, so I think, I think, I think it's, um, I think the way to think about this, at least in in the context of Tony and then, uh, you know, you're an artist as well, Max, like you're a great actor. So, I mean, you know, there there will be, there will be, um, you know, like a 30 second snippet that could be cut into an NFT and like shared as a, as a digital thing. Okay. But but like, you're both artists. The way to think about this is not, or at least the way I'm thinking about it, maybe it's incorrect is the idea is that it's non-fungible. It's not copyable. No one else has it. It's, they can't it's, sell it. It's, right? it's the yeah. digital, well, you could sell it, but there's only one digital representation. So you could take every physical piece of art that you have, Tony, there's one digital image, like, you know, super high res, and you could, you, you could sell that, whatever. Okay, fine. But what I think this is, or where I think this is going, and again, I, I could be dead wrong, is I, I think it's just basically all about a royalty stream. That, again, goes back to the blockchain because I put Tony's NFT up on the blockchain and somebody pays me because I own the digital representation of your art, but they pay me, you know, not on like Getty Images, for instance, to use that piece, that, that, that representation, you know, your content in some other vein. It's also not, I, I think, uh, any different... Than all these um, musicians that are selling their catalogs um, and getting like huge upfront money for to forget you know to give up the future well, royalties. Yeah, they're but, taking
1: but, the pimp role and then okay, but this also gets like too. the parking meter okay, deal. Okay, so okay. this now this
2: it is like the par- it is like the parking <laughs> it's meter exactly deal exactly like, it's, deal. like, it's, it. like it's, from- it's like the parking meter deal and it's also by the way, um, you know, it's also. Um, no different than what Bowie bonds were when David Bowie sold his catalog forward similar, but he, he took it. It was through a bond offering rather mm-hmm. than just selling to a private equity company. But, 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 here's, what's interesting. This also gets back this conversation around non fungible tokens, um, royalty streams. I'm just st- sticking in the art world right now. This also comes back to though, again, do you understand, do you have enough financial literacy to know whether you sold that future royalty stream rich or cheap? Yeah. And if you don't have that, which again, I'm not just talking about artists, I'm talking about most people in America have no idea how to think about that. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: And that's wrong because- all of us are creating some level of content or have some level of value or worth. Now, the market might speak to that, like, you know, your job pays X, and if you don't like it, go down the road. But when you get into the creative world, it's, it's a question of not only like, what is this piece worth today when you sell it, but what are the future royalty streams off that? So, so I'll give you a perfect example. By the way, you and I have never talked about this as friends. I have never even thought about this. Okay, so the Autumn Saint, one of my favorite pieces of course. Love it. Like, look at it, I don't know, five times a week. Love it. It's tattooed on my calf, right? Yep. Okay. I own the Autumn Saint. I paid you for the right. Absolutely. I paid you for the right to have the Autumn Saint on my wall. Of course. Okay. I didn't Authorship own. and ownership are two different things. Exactly. And that's my point. I don't own, nor should I, in my opinion, that image on a go-forward basis. You do. If you turn that into a non-fungible token, mm. which you could, you have a, you know, you have a high... You have, you have a high resolution image of it oh many right you know yeah or you put it in a book or you do this that or the other no right. we don't no, we no, don't, don't
0: have those we don't have those okay. so, no, we, <laughs> they're in a
2: vault
1: they're in a vault by the way michelle michelle uh when all of this
2: stuff started she copyrighted every single piece of my okay mm-hmm. but this this, this is this is my point i get to pay you for the asset that is the physical piece that sits on my wall precisely okay I do not, at least in my opinion, other art collectors might feel differently. I don't have any, I have no call option. I have no ability, nor should I, to earn future revenue on that image.
3: Do some people think but they you, do? I'm sure, uh, yeah, I'm sure they yeah. do. Really? I'm, I'm sure I, they do.
1: Yeah, very often. In fact, that I, shocks me. Uh, I had a collector tell me, I won't name him, but he owns some work. Like, I'm going to shop this as an NFT. I said, I'll break your fucking leg. <laughs> yeah.
3: You yeah. I mean, that, I mean I'm doing it. But like know? copyright law would
2: Yeah. prevent almost.
3: that from happening.
2: Right. Exactly. Really? Yeah. I, I, really? I, I, really? I explained I mean, to him. I, do, I, do, I don't know. I mean, again, I'm not saying. Oh, no, no. I Chris, have, a, I have Chris, a lawyer who. Chris, I'm not saying you're right or wrong. Right, right. Right. I'm just saying I think this is this is creative content to me is starting to look like intellectual content. Okay, so if I have my lawyer, I, I Tom Levins
1: a... will tell you that
2: uh, once we have a copyright. <laughs> yeah. and, and but you know, for every Tom, there's another guy, <clears throat> yeah. usually Dick or Harry, who and, are Tom, other Tom, lawyers, <laughs> who would say differently.
1: Tom founded Lawyers for the Creative Arts. The, the last
2: place anybody wants to see Tom Levins is mm-hmm. in a courtroom. Yeah. I, I'm not doubting that's true. <clears throat> what I think is fascinating <clears throat> is that corporations pay patent attorneys millions of dollars to protect right. their to yeah. protect their intellectual property or to find a way to get in on someone else's intellectual
1: property. Of course.
2: Okay. Well, I'm just arguing that creative property above and beyond the one sale for a physical asset. Yeah. is is yours to decide how, you know,
1: precisely. Uh, precisely. And, you, and one of my problems with NFTs is that you enter into this unholy kind of uh construct where you're turning your work into literal currency
0: well and you know what to
1: you me, are that's a separation of church and you, state. Yeah, you know you I'm, can I'm,
2: say you can say that that's that's fair <clears throat> but again I, I i don't disagree with you but just as i would not be offended that you would take the autumn saint and put it on a puzzle or a sweatshirt
1: good because i already have <laughs> <laughs> right exactly. <laughs> exactly. exactly exactly right but right. I mean, but I did uh, ask you
2: first. Do you remember? Well, you remember? asked but you yeah. asked me. But I thought it was absurd. I thought it was. I thought it was an acknowledgement of our friendship, and that yeah. you and I love you know? each other. But I mean, I, I mean, ultimately, like but you, know, you know, in the back of my mind, I was like, <laughs> of course, Fuck right. yes, like, so you wanted a uh, puzzle. Yeah. It's
1: going to make my worth more money. goddammit. that's yeah. true right. too. Yeah.
2: That is true, right? Yeah. True. So that
1: Max informed me that the Autumn Saint puzzles. They Don't sell nearly as well as some of the other ones. Well, I think and that's why. That,
0: by the way, uh, well, I, I'm just saying, I'm just I no, just per- per- people per- ch- should buy the autumn, autumn saint at Tony. Well, Fitzpatrick I have the per- paralysis as well. Of course. But you know what? My people favorite, love owls.
1: My favorite piece that I made about Paris <laughs> was the autumn saint. I love it, was it. A, yeah. it was about uh, Marché des Rues Enfants, you know, which was a. <laughs> orphanage that later turned into a food court you yeah know? i was i, we, I, I we remember yeah, yeah that was awesome that was my first day in paris you actually. know what and and i never got anything but a great meal there yeah yeah um, perigo yeah yeah so that's. i'm so going fun. back you know my first big chunk of change from the show i'm
0: going to paris no yeah i you know we sell we sell a, <clears throat> a fine amount of autumn saints that's Yeah, I mean... Exaggerated. I'm I'm not Um, going to whine. I mean... I just think people should buy more, is all I'm saying. Even if they have another... Buy
1: some goddamn puzzles. Chris, you know what? I'm I'm absolutely thrilled that you've kind of illuminated this for me. Yeah. And... uh, I'm honored
2: to be asked to come onto the show.
1: I I want you to promise. (laughs) Well, I promise to to come back. Yeah. Oh, of course.
0: I I have to. I I do have to harass you a little bit. Just for five minutes. By by the way, it's a
2: target-rich environment. uh, Yeah, yeah.
0: (laughs) Um, (laughs) um, The so you started at the University of Michigan. Um, Go blue. Yeah. uh, I think you know it's so funny, man. I I have a connection to Michigan in many ways. Uh, My best friend had a. A, a little getaway house that i'd go there every other weekend with um and i just get lost there and just get lost at the beach it's the most really physically just, beautiful place in the yeah, world yeah and I I, I I can I only imagine show. ann arbor was just the most amazing place yeah to... man i mean I, I thanks for teeing up like yeah talking about my favorite
2: one of my favorite places i Again, I, I, I've just been—I've been so lucky, blessed, whatever you want to call it. You no, know,
1: by the way, that's a great theater school too.
2: It's a great theater school. Jeff,
1: Dan- mm-hmm. uh, Jeff Daniels. Yeah. There. No yeah.
2: shit. Uh oh, he's great. Yeah. <laughs> that's um, all I'll say. I, you know, it wasn't my first choice. I didn't get into my top three choices. What, what were, your were your top, top three, three choices? Uh, I'm not gonna say. Come it's on, too that's too embarrassing. Fine. That's but, fine. They, no, made come on, come they made a mistake. They made a mistake. Kato, come again. clean. No, because you know, in retrospect, I wouldn't have worked out at those places. <laughs> were they? Were they? <laughs> a big, I know, I big, know that feeling. Variety. Yeah. Yeah. They. I think they would have sent me down a different dare I say more douchey path sure so I'm I'm, I'm I, I feel lucky that I landed where I so lived. Harvard yeah. uh no, no uh, it no, wasn't Harvard I, done, I, I I knew not to apply to any of those you ever no, talk
1: to anybody it. who went to Harvard <laughs> well, and whenever they never say when I was in college or when I was they always say when I was at pregnant pause Harvard
2: Yes. right or they or they say I went to school in Boston and then you say well where and they say Cambridge I'm like what is that like is that a uh, is that a community college? Yeah, and they so get upset. They're like, no, it's a some... neighborhood in Boston. Yeah. Oh, really?
1: Yeah. <laughs> oh,
0: my God. You so, know,
1: ever, anybody I've m- ever met who went to Harvard, it's never when I was at university or when I was in college. When I was at Harvard. Right. You I know. actually
2: have a couple friends from there. I, again, I think it's, I, I, it strikes me as a place where there's just. Tommy Lee
1: Jones went there on a football scholarship. Well, I'm just saying. I think there's just and an enormous enormous really he, he said
2: something really funny. He said,
1: I said, well, Tommy, you know, that, that's, he said something ridiculous. And I said, Tommy, yeah, that's ridiculous. You, you went to college on, on a football scholarship. You're a fine athlete. He goes, I want to Harvard. He goes, a girls football team could have beat our ass. <laughs> <laughs> it did.
2: I think, again, I, Ann Arbor was this Shangri-La for people that were 18 to 24 years old. Well, I mean, the town was absolutely hell bent for leather on exploring anything that you wanted to explore. And I, I didn't know what I was coming into. And I, you know, my mind was blown. It goes back to the Mark Twain. I try not to let schooling interfere with my education. Absolutely. I mean, Ann Arbor was great for that. Absolutely, and, and there's they a lot of other.
0: I should put that on my headstone when yeah. I go. There's know? a lot
2: of other places in the world where that's possible. Right, but, but I. You, I but, but I was really lucky to land. You
0: there. have the Shangri La, and then you throw the Fab Five in there. What's what the hell is? Yeah, that? Yeah, like? I mean the Fab Five.
2: I mean it really. I mean, if you really think about it, um, you had this, and I, I, I mean, it just it blows my mind that how badly this got done. You had five guys that came together. Yeah, that fundamentally not only
0: changed. Uh, Did you know this was like a life changing thing while you were living it? Well, or? when
2: we got these five guys, it was the number one. It was the number one class. Yes. Maybe, and it was kind of billed as the number one class that had ever been assembled. Like they're all in the top ten. Yeah. Well, all in the top ten, and it started with Jawan. Right, like right, he went out. Right. He was at Chicago Vocational, mm-hmm. and I remember ju- him and I remember uh, Jalen and yeah. You know. But 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 Jawan is like I'm ultra proud because he was from Chicago mm-hmm. and he's now our coach. Yeah, and and so and I just I, I don't know him personally, but I just think he's you know everything that he you know he walks the walk and he talks the talk. Yeah, I think he man, espouses totally, his values. Totally. Oh,
0: you know Jalen though. Yeah. Do know he's personally. a big influence on this podcast, I, not on my we, dad, we or him, but on, on, on me. I, he's my first podcast hero that I would tune into every every time so I think, he was on. I think
2: these guys not only changed the way the game was being played, and I think all the coaches in the era mm-hmm. back then knew it could be played that way, but they were afraid to allow it to be played that way right. for deeply racist Reasons.
0: Totally.
2: And, and they didn't want that to affect their donor base. And so I'm proud that Michigan and Steve Fisher didn't seem to really care. That's awesome. And so that was number one. And the number two, they changed the, and I realize this sounds corny, but, but it, they were, you know, before we got into lifestyle brands mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and the Jordan brand mm-hmm. and all this other stuff, which is, you know, dominating our lives, you know, these guys changed the fashion of, of basketball. Yeah. They had baggy shorts, yep. black shoes and black socks, and they just didn't care. Yeah. And you know what I love about that team?
1: They were outlaws, man.
2: They were outlaws. Mm-hmm. And uh in my mind I thought they were the greatest thing ever. Now you fast forward. Yeah. You fast forward and we've got all this um likeness and image stuff that these these I believe rightfully so that these college athletes yeah. can monetize. Yeah, and finally, you know, I all well, because of that. And, and I honestly
1: think college athletes should be paid.
2: Well, that's that's what this is. That's right? what this, this, is. Is, this is. image and likeness stuff. Is is like you should be paid for your image and your likeness, and yeah. so you can sign deals even when you're in college. Chris Weber has, you know, no. One, again, I've met this guy a couple of times, so I, I I might be biased, but this poor guy was vilified yeah. twice over. One, for making a mistake and calling a timeout Mm. in the final game, even though we were getting our ass kicked. Just, I was at the game. So, I mean, I can tell you, I remember where we were at before he called the timeout. Wasn't pretty. And secondly, because he took a loan from a booster. Now, in today's day and age, if you vilified a kid for making a mistake on social media or because of these new image and likeness things, right? you vilified a kid because he was able to make some amount of commission off the millions of dollars. They're of you, making you, off you, him. They're yeah. making yeah. off him. You'd say that is, that is shit. Yeah. yeah. Right? Yeah. And there. so I, I, I don't think that anybody, um, I think a lot of people have given the Fab Five their due. and. Uh, again, I was just lucky to be there with a the front row seat. They're fucking legendary. Man. They're fucking legendary yeah. in my mind. Excuse my French. Yeah, but no, no. This whole but, show but, is right, French. But, 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 I think, I think, the, I think the university owes Chris Webber an apology. Fucking right, they do.
0: Maybe may the entire Fab fi I, I don't know if they've reinstated their. They records haven't put the, they haven't or put their the banners, banners back up. Um, I, but I really? think they owe the, the whole banners team are, the uh, banners an apology. Are,
2: the banners, the banners are in some building in Ann Arbor. Let's break. Uh, the let's, banners are in some building in Ann Arbor where they okay, Chris, where, where, where let's they basically break in there and get them. Yeah, they basically like, have I, them I've rolled up. That. I've done that. It's it's kind of like it, it, I, I have this image in my own mind, probably you know, in deeply inaccurate that they're rolled up and in some box. Like National Treasure? Well, well kind of like National Treasure or kind of like Raiders of the Lost Ark where they take the Ark of the Covenant and they put it in a box. And
0: it's so, you you know, know, so in Alexandria, in Alexandria oh, Virginia. Nobody knows what's going guys, on. You guys,
1: I say we break in and break them out.
0: <laughs> Steal the the National Declaration of uh, uh, the Fab Five. So yeah. I, I, I don't want to leave on this, but I, I do
2: have to say this. I am... I'm a Cubs fan going to a Sox game tonight. What do I need to know?
1: Uh, not to wear any Cubs shit. Well, I'm yeah. not. Yeah.
2: No, I won't do that. Uh, and buy yourself a fine. Sox hat. Is, you know what? We're. Uh, I've got a Sox hat, and you know I love Moncada. Like I think I Mankata, love them all, man. Moncada's a great. You kid. know what I like? I like any trouble.
3: Just hit me up. I live four there, blocks man. away. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I've been seeing some. I
1: love them all, and I've I've begun to even warm up to Larusa because yeah. you have to give him his due. He, of course he, you do. Yeah, I didn't like him because he presided over two of the dirtiest steroid teams in baseball history. That weren't
2: named the Houston Astros, who are playing right now. I mean, fuck as far the, as yeah, cheating, as far as cheating is concerned, yeah. I mean, oh, maybe you, they're you not. Mean, maybe the yeah. you just mean support the Houston the Astros.
0: man? I mean, I just I hate. Cubs mean, mean, fans. By, by, by the way? I've
2: never been anti sox
0: No, no, yeah, I, and I hate the Cubs fans right now that are like going. We've, like been, our, we've our, only are been right now.
2: Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't. I wouldn't piss you off by inviting you to a Cups game. I would not. Uh, you know, I'm,
1: I hope they beat up on the Houston assholes tonight. I think they will. It's yeah, the you know what? They're it's too Now they're in our house. Yeah.
0: They had a bet. Oh, wow. Okay.
1: You know what? I might find oh, a bookie let, and just we'll risk 100 bucks and see what happens.
2: I mean, listen. Jeez. If they win tonight, it's always 2.30 tomorrow. Let's you and I, uh, you know, get us some tickets and spend an afternoon playing hooky.
1: Fucking right,
2: all right, boys. You know what?
1: I could use an afternoon I, hook. I in. think you do ahead of your I've show. Been, I have been working harder than a ten dollar whore at Teamster convention. <laughs> on that note, Chris Keough thank you so much for illuminating cryptocurrency, talking basketball, and mostly being my friend and, uh, friend and my you. family. Yes. Love, love you, Thank guys. you, Chris. So, thank you so great. much for
2: letting me be on your show.
1: Amen. Amazing, kid. kid take us out. Okay. <laughs>
0: Hey guys, this is Max Fitzpatrick of The Max and Tony Show. We just want to thank you guys for tuning in to our 98th episode. 98. 98. 98. Like
1: Oldsmobile. 98.
0: Sponsored by Forbidden Root Beer. Next time you're in Chicago, check out their brewery at 1746 West Chicago Avenue. Drink their beer. And if you don't like beer, there's a good wine shop we know of called Door 24.
1: At 2124 North Damon. Drink. Max, that's twenty-one twenty-four North Damon.
0: Oh, okay. You're done. Okay, I, I, you always seem like you have more to say. Uh, so, <laughs> story of my life. Shout out to Parkwalk Productions, home Chris of Bat. the Max and Tony Show. Do you need to catch up on old episodes? Of course, they do. Do you have any burning questions for Max or that guy Tony? Burning, burning. Then go to themaxandtonyshow.com and look out for the new. Show you have Jesus Jesus of Western Avenue. Avenue.
1: It's opening at the Cleve County Museum of Art next Saturday. Whoa, October 16th. Be there. It's going to be up
0: for a while, so if you're not there, it's up for four
1: months. It's up until January 31st. (laughs) Yeah, be there Um, Or you're a dick I'm going to be there every Sunday Uh, I'm taking names and kicking ass Okay, Thank thank you